of New York Sports Incomplete. I'm Rex the Rookie. Here with me is John the Veteran. How's it going, John? Could be worse. Could be Boston. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent answer as always. Uh, today's episode is brought to us by Buddy's Barbecue. Folks, if you live on Long Island and you're going to have an event and you want excellent food brought to you and, pre and prepared right in front of you, where all you're going to do is pay the bill, Think about using Buddy's Barbecue. He'll come to you. He's got a rig hooked up to the back of his, his pickup truck. He'll cook the food right there, bring all the fixings. It'll be great. You'll have a wonderful time and uh, at minimal effort to you. So if you're going to have an event, say a graduation celebration or something, call Buddy's Barbecue at 516-497-0246. That's 516-497-0246. And please tell them the fellas at New York Sports Incomplete sent you. All right, John, let's get into it. Let's do it. We have uh, another spate of, of mediocre games from the Mets. Uh, they opened a Three-game set with the Cubs in Chicago on Tuesday the 23rd. McGill didn't make it out of the fourth inning. That's pretty much the story. <laughs> Alonzo hit a homer. That was the single highlight for the Mets. Oh, eventually, yeah. Cubs won 7-2. to two. Uh, Moving on to Wednesday the 24th. Senga pitched five innings, six hits, three earned runs, five bases on balls. Not going to get it done. No, Marcus Stroman shut us down. Yeah, he had a game, eight innings pitched. You know, I I don't like the guy's style, but I do like what he's able to do. And on days like that, I kind of wish he was still a Met, because God knows we could use more starting pitching. No, he's been pitching great ever since, you know. The last, his last two starts have been great. And uh, as far as the Mets complaining about how he acts... You hit him if you hit him up a bunch, it won't it won't happen. Right, and it's just part of his shtick. I mean, he likes to get under people's skin. Okay, moving on. Thursday, the twenty fifth, Carrasco, six point two innings pitched, five hits, one earned run, two bases on balls. All said, a good outing for Cookie. Uh, and for some reason, the Mets bats, and it's like, talk to me about this, John. But it seems like when the pitching's good, the bats wake up. Oh. For yeah. the most part. I, yeah. I mean, this season's I, I go into a series and I look at the pitching lineup and I go, okay, well, well, hopefully we win the first two and I'm okay dropping the Carrasco start. And then we get lit up in the first two games and we play our best baseball during the Carrasco start. Everything's backwards. Yeah. Baseball's stupid. It, it's, it's a strange game. Uh, Mets 10, Cubs 1. Prep 80 had a tremendous game. I thought that's the one that was the big highlight. Yeah, Alonzo got another home run. Yes, he Nemo did. triple. Uh, Beatty, Marte, and Lindor all had singles. All, all, all in all, it was a great offensive day for the Mets. Yeah, and then we carried that over into the Colorado series. Unfortunately, none of the pitching took after Cookie's lead. All right, let's go right. So the Mets lose... One game to three. Uh, to two. In the Chicago, we lost right. to three in Chicago, right. which is disappointing. 
Yeah. We're better. We, we, we should beat the Cubs. And then we moved to Colorado, which, you know, Mile High Baseball is always interesting, if not uh, itchy. So we get Friday the 26th. Scherzer has a, a really good outing. He pitched seven innings, six hits, one earned run, zero bases on balls, and eight strikeouts. Mets win 5-2. to two. In this game, Lindor hit a homer scoring Nemo. He hit another single scoring Nemo. Two triples for Nemo. Yeah, baby single. Um, all in all, a really fun game to watch if you're a Mets fan. Unfortunately, we get Saturday. Uh, Verlander was, how can I say that? He was terrible. He only got through five innings. He had nine hits, six earned runs. They're um, sitting on his breaking pitches, like no tomorrow. Well, do you think do you think he was tipping? I, I have to imagine he was because they were they were just they were waiting on every curveball and they just crossed. I mean, honestly, the big inning was a lot. Of, at first, was a lot of dink and dunk BS, and they kind of they were getting get all the breaks. But yeah, that that snowballed pretty quickly, and then rallied. Rallied all the way back. Yeah, the sixth inning. Tight, yeah. I, Lonzo, yet another home run. Beatty, a double. Marte grounded out but scored Alonzo. Alvarez hit a three-run homer that was may not have landed yet. And then in the seventh inning, Marte singled scoring McNeil. And you thought, all right. The, the, I, if, they I think, if they would have just called it because of rain at that exact well, moment. Well, if I remember correctly, that's the night you weren't watching. Right, I turned it off at 6 nothing. And you texted and said, I'm not watching. Uh, should I jump back in? And I said, well, I tell you what, I'll text you if the Mets take the Right, because it was 6 nothing, And I was like, there's a ba- there's a playoff basketball game going on that's actually fairly competitive. I'll watch that instead and not torture myself. So I turned on to I went to um, Heat Celtics, which is Game Six, and then I'm getting alerts on my phone like they start, you know, chipping away, and then and then he texted me they tied the game, and then I was like, all right, this is on you. If they should I turn the game back on? And he said, I'll text you if they get the lead back. Right. Which they did. Which I did. And then I turned it on, and Jeff Brigham gives up a two-run homer. Yeah, McMahon. So, my bad. McMahon hits a home run. Profar triples. I mean, it just went downhill very quickly after that. Yeah. Uh, I think at 11.30, I gave up on the game and just said goodnight. Yep. Yeah, that was it. That was it. Drew Smith <clears throat> added to the bunch of relievers that did not pitch well. Well, I think something that you and I predicted for weeks is, is unfortunately starting to come to fruition in that the starting pitching has not gone very far into the games in most cases. Right. And the bullpen's starting to show the strain. Yeah. Uh, then Sunday the 28th, McGill gave us kind of, unfortunately, a McGill performance, which was four innings, ten hits, four earned runs, two bases on balls. And the Mets really did try to hang. They were competitive. They were 6-2. They were competitive, and then the Gosick comes in and just throws gasoline on the fire. One inning pitch, four hits, five earned runs and a base on balls. And folks, that's just not going to win many games for you. Now, the highlights. Alvarez had another homer. Uh, Fam doubled. Uh, Lindor hit a home run. So, there were good things. And, and, and I tell you, 
one thing that I've started to see that made me feel a little better about this mediocre season. If Buck, and this is a big if, if Buck can quit filling around with the lineup, leave Vientos in there as the designated hitter, leave Vogelback sitting on the pine. Look, he, he was like, don't worry. Uh, Vientos will play the next three games. And it's like, what's stopping you from tonight? <laughs> what? Right. <laughs> And what? maybe maybe it's uh, time again to start talking about bringing up Ronnie Mauricio. Well, I mean, listen. He's only just tearing up AAA. No, he really is. He still is. Uh, well, the thing is, like, if we're scoring nine runs a game and, he, and we're still losing, Mauricio doesn't exactly help. <laughs> I, I get your point. <laughs> I get your point. But at least the, the Mets are competitive with the lineup that has all the youngins in. Yeah, no, I know. I agree. And Tommy Pham, who I who I think we had determined would be the uh, sacrificial lamb, if we were to call it Mauricio. He hasn't. He actually had a pretty good series. Yeah, he's he's been playing decent defense. The de- well, the his error. Wow. Well, game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That. Okay. Um, let me rephrase that. He played defense most of the time. Yeah. The the game. Yeah, that bothered me to no end. That Gary Sanchez and Tommy Pham were one of the biggest reasons we lost that game one in Chicago. Two guys who have no business even playing in that yeah, game. Yeah. That yeah, that bothers me. Alright, so you bring up the Kraken. Gary Sanchez. Now the Mets brought him on as a stopgap. I don't think they ever had any real Unless you're Buster Olney, who thought he was going to be here for the rest of the year. Well, you know, the Anthony DiComo wrote an article talking about what are the Mets going to do with the log jam at catcher? They've got Sanchez, Alvarez, Nito, Narvarez is coming back at some point. Who's going to get the heave-ho? And he suggested in his first article that Alvarez was going to be the odd man out simply because he had... Uh, minor league options. If Anthony Nicoma was a sports writer in the 1920s, he would talk about how the Yankees have a log jam between Wally Pipp and Lou Gehrig at first base. Yeah. That's just what he does. <laughs> yeah. But here's what made it galling. A week and a half, two weeks later, he writes an article going, I don't know what all this fuss was about. Alvarez was never going anywhere. I mean, he was the guy that started the fuss. This, that's just wrong. You wonder why people don't want to play in New York. Yeah, well, anyway, Gary Sanchez is, is now a Padre, as you predicted some months well, ago. I, yeah, I was off on the. I thought it would be Nito who would end up a Padre, but Gary beat him to it. Um, now, the question, the conundrum that I think the Mets have between the two catchers that are left that aren't Alvarez, which is Nito and Nevaez coming back from Syracuse, is do you DFA Nito and keep Navias is the backup catcher, or do you trade Navias, who has trade value, for a pitching arm? Or do you do what Mets fans all over the planet say, because we're a jaded lot, well, you know, nature has a way of taking care of these things, meaning somebody's going to get hurt. Oh, well, that's where you were going with that. I thought you were going to say they bench Alvarez. And then, no, and then everyone no, you can't bench Alvarez. My God, everyone. the man's OPS is over a thousand this month. Yeah, no. Then, then I, we, Rex and I personally endorse you, Storm City Field. I think they bench. 
Yeah. <laughs> and and now, you know, after all this big hullabaloo about he's he's a defensive liability, you hear all these reports of the Mets pitchers love pitching to him. Nice. And and he brings a youthful exuberance to that whole that whole team that they badly need. No, you can't bench no. him. No. The uh, guy's already hit more home runs by himself this year than then McCann and Nito hit together all of last season. That all that National League uh, Rookie of the Year race should be fun between him and Corbin Carroll for the rest of the year. I think he's got to be considered number one or number two. It's pretty. one of those. Yeah, I'd say it's one of those two at the moment. Uh, they're both very fun to watch. Both of them. Uh, well, you know, he's uh, he's built like a fire plug, but he's deceptively fast on the bases. Yeah, well, I mean, look at the people he's. <laughs> our previous catchers well, were well, Nino McCann and Wilson Ramos. <laughs> well, he's. Yeah, okay. It, Point taken. And, well, he's way faster than Daniel Vogelback. That too. That too. And, and let's get into the Vogelback thing. I think the Vogelback experiment has come to its conclusion. The Mets brought him in as a stopgap stop last season. And as a stopgap, he was pretty good. And, you know, we all uh, love... He had a great two weeks. Like, his first two weeks getting here, he, he was setting the world on fire. Right. I mean, he's just not that but, guy. But what do you always hear? You are what's on the back of your baseball card. He's a career 218 hitter. Yeah. Career OPS of 770. This year, his batting average is up to 223, but his OPS is down to 678. And I don't know about you, but I am sick. Sick, sick, and tired of watching him watch a cold third strike just go right down the plate, and not the bat never even comes off his shoulder. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. He's going up there looking for a walk, and that uh, makes it. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'm fat, can't play baseball, <laughs> but I can do what he does. I can stand there with a bat on my shoulder and not swing it. Yeah. He. Uh... I don't want to be that guy, but Colin Holderman, who we traded to Pittsburgh for Vogelbach, currently has an ERA of point two of two point three three. Yeah, and he's touching one hundred and one miles per hour on his fastball. That 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 just gave me heartburn, John. Thank That's, you for that. He's uh, he's pitching. I, like, like last year, it looked like a bargain because he fell apart with Pittsburgh, but now he's. They, yeah, he's pitching very well. Look, I I have nothing against Daniel Vogelbach. I wish him well. I, he might even be a good piece to keep on the bench for for if miracle occurs, the Mets stumble into the playoffs. But Keith Hernandez has already started carping about him, talking about oh he's up there for window dressing. Jose Reyes, who never tweets, said, "quote I'm not sure if Vogi understands this concept, but you have to swing the bat in all capitals." To hit the ball yeah. on Twitter. Yeah, and the fact, and the and the thing is that even when he does say he does get a walk, now you he's so slow. He's clocking a base pass. That you can Yeah, you, you hit a ball into the gap. Anyone else that would score. Now he's on third. Right, and he, you know, it's yeah. I mean, as we discussed before, if LaCastro was healthy in there. We could pinch run LeCastro for Vogelback and get some production out of the pair of them. But, A, 
that you're wasting two roster spots. Right. B, LeCastro has now undergone some kind of thumb surgery or something, so... He's gone. He's done. Yeah. So, I guess what you could do instead of LeCastro is you could have Escobar be that pinch runner, because Escobar has still got some speed to him. And, and let's, talk, let's talk about my boy Eddie for a second now. He... It's been such a class act. He's a wonderful human being. He has welcomed Beatty. He has helped Beatty. When the team celebrates one of their rare wins, it's always Escobar and Beatty together. Yeah. He's actually not played too bad second base when they've asked him. He's played a decent second base. He's still got a great throwing arm. He's good on the bases. He's been a good pinch hitter. Yeah. Yeah. He... Personally, I'm sure it suffered a terrible disappointment being demoted. But for the team, he has not been disappointing. No, I think he's one of those guys, like, he truly understood that when he first signed the contract with the Mets, that Beatty was going to be taking his job. At some and, point. Yeah. Just not this soon. And, but, you know, that's... Uh, another guy that's been driving me a little bit crazy is Mark Canna. Mark Ken is a career 247 hitter. His batting average is down to 223. Um, I was, I, and I like which, which oddly enough, is the same as Vogelbach's. Yeah, I, 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 Mark Kenneth seems like like such a great guy, and I really wanted to see. I was like when they brought in the position pitcher the the last game in Chicago, and I knew he was up in the lineup. I'm like. Please get a hit off the position player. Please get a And he finally ripped a single, and I text you in all caps, yeah. Mark Canna got a hit. Woo! <laughs> 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 it's the 4th of July. Mark Canna got a hit. Yeah, I know. He's, I know. He, he's a good player, and he's probably a great clubhouse guy. He's good defensively. Not great. Probably, good. probably doesn't drop that ball if Pham does. Well, right. One. Right. And... Batting averages go. I don't know what Fam's hitting right now, but he can't be hitting any better than Canna. I think Marte's bothering me more than Canna. Uh, well, because we expect so much more from Marte. Yeah, all the time. And I've heard a lot of people say recently they think maybe he's still something's bothering him physically. There's no reason that you should that Marte should be playing center field. New. No. No, no. I don't. I don't understand that at all. No. I understand. I understand wanting to give Nimmo his legs a rest. Tommy Pham needs to be in center field. Right. If, that's, if you really can't have Nimmo play every day, Marte just does not have the range anymore. No. And it cost us. And let's not forget, the man had two groin surgeries in the offseason. two groin surgeries. And that, that's not his, something you heal up from no, immediately. No, and he messed up his neck. And, I don't... I don't like, I know a lot of fans give him grief because for a lot of times it feels like he's lollygagging around first base if he grounds out. Which, you know, I think he's just trying to stay on the field, to be honest. Yeah, but he can't be having that in center field. He's had trouble getting to some balls in right field that he would have gotten to last year. Yeah. So whatever, why, why they felt that center field would be the move, I don't understand. Well, we're, we're one-third through this season. So most teams use the first third to evaluate, and the second third... To make trades or bring up from within or whatever they can do. I don't think anybody's going to want to make a decent trade with the Mets just because of the climate in baseball right now. I think Navarez is the only trade piece that we have, really. Well, we can always bring Ronnie Mauricio up. Yeah, they was... say he's he's still got a lot to learn at second base. 
He committed 10 errors. But that bat is singing. He is tearing up AAA. It's know, gotten to the, he's progressed past the trade him. No, you can't. Stuff. You can't. Yeah. No. He's too talented. Bring him up. Yeah. He's Bring too- him up. Yeah. And if, if you got to sit Fam and Kenna and Vogelback or whatever combination of guys need to sit in order for this kid to be up and playing. And here's the point. Mauricio, Ventos, Beatty, all, and Alvarez have to play the vast majority of the games. You can't do like it. The, I'm a little upset with Buck. They brought Vientos up. And he's they, only they getting, didn't learn anything from the Alvarez situation. He's they, only getting to play like once every six games. That's what I don't get. Like the Alvarez thing, they had him. They had him. They, he was playing like once or twice a week, and his numbers were struggling. And the, he started getting consistent playing time because if you remember, back in like the end of April, he was batting like like one twenty or something yeah. terrible like that. Right. Because he wasn't getting any consistent playing time. Then everyone gets hurt. And he starts playing every day, and all of a sudden, he looks like the best prospect in baseball. Right. Then we call Vientos, and it's like we learned absolutely nothing from the Alvarez situation, and we keep giving him spot starts, and he can't, he struggles. Look at at the way Vientos, Maurizio, Alvarez, look at the way they all played when the WBC was going on. Yeah. When they all had playing time in spring training, they were lighting up the world. Maurizio was putting balls... 20 rows outside of the park. Yeah, he was yeah, consistently hitting 450-foot home runs. Um, okay, so, so so say the baseball gods listen to, to me and you and people who think like us. These are the guys I want to see on the field. I'm yeah. not going to tell you what order to bat them because I don't claim enough knowledge for that. But I want to see Marte. You know enough to not have Alvarez batting ninth every night. Well, he's, he's been batting second lately. Now he's he, tearing yeah, it up. Now Alvarez, yeah. He moved, yeah. Marte, Nemo, Alvarez, Lindor, Alonzo, Beatty, Vientos, McNeil, and Maurizio. Yeah. Now, have we reached the... Uh, Vientos, I know, I still know. But have we reached the stage with Beatty and Alvarez where we try to get them on the Atlanta Braves contracts? Where we give them... Like seven, eight years. Alvarez, yes. You give Alvarez the eight years, sixty million now. Alvarez, oh. yes. Yeah. Beatty next year. Okay, because right. Beatty, Beatty's looked better and better and better, and better, but he's just not. He's so the big things that pay Pete, pay Alvarez. Yeah, that's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Alvarez, yeah. That's a that's a crazy crazy thing about this whole season. Whereas it's bad as bad as it's been. Alvarez and Alonzo will keep people. Go into games and watch them because they're, they're going to start the Mets, setting records. <laughs> the Mets are currently five games out of first place. But they're a game out of the playoffs. They're a game out of the playoffs and they're exactly at 500. And their competition right now, I think the teams ahead of them are the Marlins and the uh, Braves. Brave. No, well, yeah, oh, we're about the wild card. Talk about for the wild card? Yeah. They, yeah, the Marlins have been surprisingly good. Despite all, yeah. I was. Release arises. Such a pain. I, the Twins are. Well, he's, he's going to be the running away, runaway batting champion in, uh, this this year if his legs don't fall off. Giants and Marlins. Those are the two teams that are. We're just, better than the Giants and we're better than the Marlins. I'll say it right now. Yeah. No, I'm fine with that. The, the Mets, you know. Now the I, Phillies, who we play this upcoming series, that's a debate. 
They're the one that if we're we're as frustrated as we are about the Mets. Just imagine how the Phillies fans are. Yeah, about the Phillies after making it all the way to the World Series. Yeah, they're look. We still got two thirds of a season left. Yeah, maybe things will click into place. I I do see the team playing very hard for Buck. Well, I don't battle. see I don't see anybody giving up. Oh, they, they battle. I, that's I. I think the Mets are maybe one of those teams that'll just drive us crazy and then hopefully get on a tear for a few weeks and, and get some get some wins in under their belts and, and sneak into the playoffs. No, they're not gonna win a hundred games. They might not even win ninety games. They might be like the Phillies last year, if we're lucky. Yeah. So. I, I've been a Mets fan now longer than you've been on the planet. And this, unfortunately, is a very um, familiar feeling. <laughs> it, they, you, you start the season with high hopes. I'd argue it's the exact opposite. Because at this point, at this point, we're way too good. And everyone's playing above their baseball cards. And then June hits. And that's when they hit the wall. And they, you know, we collapse. This time we started out in the dumps, and now we're just well waiting you know, on the plate surge. Unfortunately, there is a possibility we could just play worse. That's true, but I but uh, I think there's a, a few factors in this. One is we've got the highest payroll in baseball, so heads are going to roll if they don't pick it up soon. Yep. But the the point I was making about being a jaded old Mets fan is it's a familiar feeling. You know, every time. They start get on a. They win five games, and you think, okay, they finally got their act together. They beat the Rays of all teams, and the Guardians, and they they beat the Guardians, who are struggling, scuffling a little bit, but they're a good team. They know how to win. And then you go out to, to Chicago and you, you Colorado. Fig- yeah, you figured they were going to win both those series. Yep. They they should have won both those series. We went two and five, and we should have won five and two. And. You know, there are factors. I mean, we talked about this earlier. Uh, Kodak Singh is a different pitcher away than he is at City Field. Yeah. He, his batting average against is 100 points higher when they're on the road. Mm-hmm. I, I don't get it. But no, I don't either. He's got to he, trust his stuff more. He can't, he can't be walking five guys in the night. Eventually, going to burn you. And, and I think, unfortunately, Tyler McGill is going to be bullpen material. Yeah, I think once Quintana comes back, if if the if Quintana, Carrasco, Senga, Scherzer, and Verlander can stay healthy, Miguel might be better off as kind of a long reliever. Right. right. I mean, well, I guess when we'll get into this for the Phillies preview, the, we bet on there at least the front office bet on Senga, Miguel, Peterson giving. Better than or equal production value for for less money than Bassett, Walker, and Trevor Williams. Now Bassett's pitched better than any of them in Toronto. Right. But the rest has kind of been a wash. Tylen Walker has looked horrible for the Phillies. Yeah. And uh, Trevor Williams is just Trevor, Trevor Williams had a career year last year. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Bassett's been up and down. He's not been great. I mean, he's been better than than, than Miguel or Peterson or Senga. So that's something. I'd give him a slight edge over Senga. But again, I you know, I he, so we got Senga for a lot cheaper. 
Um, we had Sanga going tonight against Ranger Suarez, who is someone else who's been awful this year. He's yeah. got an ERA of nine. Yeah, he's had a rocky start. Um, to be our luck that he would find the magic tonight. Yeah, <laughs> and well, that Schwarber would get off the Mendoza, get over the Mendoza line. and Trey Turner. Trey Turner, whose who's own mother was booing him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we got we got Senga versus Suarez, game one tonight. Then it's... Uh, then we got... What was it? Uh, Nola. We got the Aaron Nola start, so that sucks. Versus Carrasco. Nola's been hittable this year. He has. He just shuts down the Mets. <laughs> so we got Aaron Nola versus Carrasco, and then it's... Taiwan Walker versus Max Scherzer to close it out Thursday afternoon. All right, so if things go like they've been going, uh, the game we guaranteed should win, the, the third game will lose. Uh, and and Carrasco will surprise us, and something weird will happen in the second game, and I'm predicting we take two of three from the Phillies. Uh, I, I hope so. We really, we, we we really need to. We really need to start winning some series. Because then we got Toronto after that. Yeah, Toronto at home. And Toronto, which has got to be the weirdest team in baseball, because they've got so much firepower, and they just... Toronto against McGill scares the bejesus out of me. But, yeah. This is... Yeah. That could be like the when Toronto beat the Rays 20-1 to 1 or whatever that stupid score was. Yeah. yeah. All right, so other little things out there in the New York sports world. The uh, National Women's Soccer League... Our, our, our Gotham, the New York team, tied Washington 1-1 in the WNBA. The Liberty, the only team never to have won the title, uh, have won two games in a row. So things are looking up there. Let me uh, have, like, I don't, they have, like, a super team assembled now. They have, they put a much better team together. <laughs> the Yankees are 8-3 and three in their last 11 games. Yeah, uh, thirty three and twenty three. They're they're starting to play really good ball. Aaron Judge just demolishes the Mariners every single time he goes to Seattle. Well, Rizzo and Lemayhu have been hit a ton too. Uh, a bad note: Harrison Bader pulled a hammy last night, so he might be back on the shelf for a while. And he's been a spark for them. Done, but they, they're on a good note. They've got Severino back. Herman is back from his sticky suspension. Yeah, he didn't look too bad last night. Uh, gave up a couple. He gave up. He basically just got beat up by Julio Rodriguez and then shut down the rest of their lineup, which is what you'd hope for well, playing the Mariners. You know, regardless of the reason, he's got one of the best spin rates in baseball. So yeah. when he's spinning it the way he can, he's almost unhittable. Yeah, they uh, and they beat up on the Padres the series before this, which I, the Padres, I Are, God, who, I, who's more disappointing, the Mets or the Padres? Padres. Because the Padres are... I think the Padres, too, and here's why I think so. The Mets have players that are coming off the books in the next after this season or the season after this. And they have prospects the, coming up. The Padres. the Padres have their team for the next eight years, and they're all signed up and sealed up. Yeah, well, except for Soto. they got two more years of Soto before you can go elsewhere. Right, but my point is the majority of that big payroll is they're stuck with. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right, and like they they gave all those talented players to the Mets, who you know in exchange for Soto. Yeah. So you gotta. And they're, <laughs> yeah, uh, the kid Abrams is he's he's something. Not only that, Abrams Gore too. Yeah. 
Corey's a really solid pitcher. Yeah. So, yeah, they uh, they got Padres gonna turn around fast too. Because at least with the Mets, I mean, like the Braves look good, but they they they, they don't look like the same Braves as well, they last got, year. They got Soroka back after almost what would they say over a thousand days of not pitching on a major league mound. Yeah. This poor guy blew out his his Achilles playing the Mets. Yeah. And then while he was rehabbing a short soldier's shoulder, he blew out his Achilles again. Right. Yeah. And he looked not ready last night. They got they got beat by the lowly A's. Yeah, that was the A's who are on pace to lose 130 plus games. You don't think they're gonna do it. You don't think I don't. Do I think they're gonna I, I I believe in Mark Kotze. I know he doesn't have the horses to win a lot of races, but they're gonna My thing is don't the GM will trade away anyone that's even remotely good. Like they'll get rid of Laronado and yeah, I don't know. Well, I don't, like they'll find a way to they'll trade players. Yeah, the thing that's kind of confusing to me about the the A's is the A's always made really good decisions on player personnel, got them cheap, and then you know because they had that money ball mentality. As soon as they started playing well enough to need a big contract, they traded them. But I mean. The Braves have just been stealing from the A's. The Braves got Olsen. The Braves got Murphy. The Mets, the Mets were, the Mets kind of had their fun with that too. We had Bassett, Marte, and Canna in one fellas. Right. And and who did? But but who did who did Oakland get back from from Atlanta? Shea, uh, the catcher, Shea, Lang, Langelier. Yeah. Who's a, a decent player, but he's not Olsen or Murphy. No, no, he's not. No, he's not. So I don't know. It's almost like Oakland's just like the whole. They the the owner's a prick. He wants them to lose and be bad, and he wants them to be so bad that no one shows up because he's leaving. He's well, they're, Las they're, Vegas. I've, I've been reading these articles that Vegas may not happen because their deadlines they have to re they have to hit before it can be consummated, and they may not hit them. Yeah. Well, then Manfred needs to. Have a long discussion Somebody. with the other owners about getting this guy out. Absolutely, that's the only answer. Yes. And 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 because he's because he's not like those tickets aren't cheap. He's he's intentionally putting on a bad product with high ticket prices because his goal is to not have people show up. It's not like he's selling tickets for four or five bucks to come watch the lowly A's. He's yeah. still charging right high prices. And you know those A's fans. They're loyal. They come out. I mean, they're not. You're getting what, nine, ten thousand people on a good night. Yeah. But I, I feel very badly for the for the did, A's. Did you, fans. did you, did you happen to see what the Astros tweeted out about the A's? It's no. kind of messed up because it came. It was funny, but it's like not something an official team account should tweet out. They beat. The, they were winning ten one or something like that. Yeah. And the Astros tweeted out ten runs in front of tens of fans. Ouch. Ow. Yeah. That's that's that, not cool. Because, like, you know, like, what do you... You're, that's, like, that's really kicking, a, like, somebody when they're down. Well, and speaking of fans, even though the Mets are still scuffling, I, I got to give those, those guys in the seven-line army uh, props because big crowds of Mets fans, no matter where they play. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think there's... I, I This is a weird season where there's, like... There's so much negativity 
when we're losing. But the team is so on paper talented that as, long, when, as soon as they win one, it's like, all right. We're back. We're, we're turning the ship around. New season, baby. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That's what makes them so frustrating as well. You just, you just got to hope that they have one two-week period where they just go off and then they can play 500 the rest of the year and that still gets you uh, They have it in them. 85, 87 wins. They have it in them. The National League is so bad. And I think, that I think perhaps that it will coincide with the return of Quintana. Yeah. Uh, we're just not good enough starting pitching-wise. No. You get glimpses of absolute brilliance from Verlander and Scherzer followed by these terrible, like, oh my God, he's 90 years old. And then the next time he looks like himself again. What's crazy is that Scherzer showed glimpses of that last year. Verlander was the stud. Cy Young. Yeah. And it's just fell off a cliff. I don't know. Maybe we're still like, because he did miss, what, like he missed the first month of the season. Yeah. So he's still, I guess we're on, what, start number Four or five. Four or five. So it gives you a good start, bad start. Good start, bad start. Good start. Bad yeah, start. maybe he just hasn't found his rhythm yet. Yeah. I'm hoping so. It's not I, a catcher issue. And I've seen enough good from both Scherzer and Verlander to know it's still in there. It's to say, look, this team is going to live and die based on pitching. Those two guys. Yeah. And more specifically, those two guys. And... You know, there's a lot of money tied up in the two of them. Yeah. 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 I mean, Scherzer and Verlander, it's not like they're long-term contracts. So it's not particularly the end of the world. Um, That's awful frustrating to watch, though. No, it is. It is. Because you can, you know, mentally they're still... I mean, at least the team's not doing to those two like they used to do to poor Jacob deGrom. Where DeGrom would pitch a gym and there would be no hits from well, the Mets. That was that was my fear during the Cleveland game where Verlander was getting DeGrom's the majority of the night. Yeah. Well, thankfully, they, they won that one. Uh, yeah, the offense, the offense seems to have really started to click now, which is a positive takeaway. And, and if, and it's an if, but if Marte can get healthy... If Canik can play to the back of his baseball card. If they would just sit Daniel Vogel back down or send him in outer space, do something with him. I mean, Luke Voigt got DFA'd. He's available and he's hitting he's hitting uh, five points higher this year. And this is the worst year of his career. He's hitting five points higher than Vogelback. And he definitely swings at the ball. <laughs> and when he hits it, he hits it a mile. You know, Vogelback's a big heavyweight guy with no power. Uh, the hockey talk man would at least hit a few out of the park. Yeah, yeah, we need more power. That's that's the that's that's well, the thing. Here's the good news: if you play Vientos every day, you can have more power. And you play Beatty every day, yeah. and you keep playing Alvarez every day, you've got a lot of power. And then you've got the polar bear, who's maybe the strangest human being playing baseball, but a Great baseball killer. <laughs> and then, you know, every now and then Lindor will get into one. Yeah. Right, there's power. We just got to make it consistent power. Yeah. I, it's, well, Alonzo's on pace for 60 now, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Man, I hope he gets that so badly for more reasons than one. But I, I really He'll probably be the first player. He is the first player to get 20 home runs this year. He's most likely going to be the first player to get 60 RBI. Uh, I say that because it was on MLB Bingo this morning on MLB Central. It's one of the uh, blanks on the bingo cards not yet been filled. Yeah. There's lots of things to be enthusiastic about. Do they play an extremely frustrating brand of baseball? Absolutely. But a lot of baseball left, folks. Yep, a lot of baseball. And like I said, we start the big series tonight against the Phillies. They take two out of three. Uh, I can't imagine that Braves lose another one to the Athletics. So uh, probably not going to No, because Soroka's not pitching again. Not going right? to make up any ground on the first place. But wild card, we could get into the wild card spot. Which, you know, yeah, I mean, look, it is amazing to me that as poorly as the Mets have been playing, that they're only five games behind the Braves. Because the Mets, Mets fans have an insane tunnel vision when it comes to their team. I mean, look at last year. The Braves were behind how many games? Ten and a half. Ten and a half games, and they roared back and, and, and won the division, even though we had the exact same record. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, Anything can happen. No, I, yeah, no, I know. You can't even, you can't say that, you know. Before we sign off, do you want to say a word or two about the NBA? Because, uh... <laughs> it just sucks to be Boston. We could get in the episode right there. It sucks to be the Boston Celtics. Oh, the poor buggers. They roared all the way back to tie at 3-3 after being down 3-0-3. They lost in two sports, mind you, game sevens at home to the same city. Yeah, that's awful. <laughs> that's, that's awful. And and the, the, the game... Not they, they were game seven last night. They they weren't really even competitive. Nope they they lived by the three. They died by the three, and they have limited basketball IQ, which was the knock on the Celtics all year. And then it came to the forefront. Game seven, they couldn't hit a three, and when they couldn't hit a three, they couldn't adjust, and they started turning the ball over left and right. And you had Charles Barkley calling them dumbasses on live television at halftime. Well, so, so <laughs> Well, leave it to Sir Chuck to tell you what he thinks. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's going to be Heat Nuggets. I got the Nuggets winning the finals uh, in five games. I think Miami gets one at home, but All Denver's right. too good. You heard it, folks. Right out of the mouth of the veteran. Yeah, do you have anything different? Or? No, I'm not going to tell you the number of games because I don't, I don't know. I, I do think the Nuggets will win it. Okay, there you go. All right, folks, that's all from us today. This is Rex the Rookie signing off and thanking you for once again listening. John, any parting words? No, no, that's about it. Uh, let's go Mets, orange and blue skies. Again, sucks to be Boston. <laughs> <laughs> all right, have a good one.